Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Bregman would like to get him to scamper home. Two on, two out. Tenth inning. That's in the air to left. Here comes Fisher. Thrown by Ethier. Astros win it. A deep dive on baseball. Wade Boggs is a Hall of Fame third baseman. The man's a legend. And much more. He drank 50 beers on a cross-country flight and then absolutely destroyed the Seattle Mariners the next day, okay? <laughs> the number of beers is actually highly disputed. Some say 50. Some said as many as 70 beers. Which is an absolutely insane amount of beer. Nobody can drink that much. Not with an attitude like that. Now, here are your hosts for the Hot Corner, Patrick Harris. Seven-foot kid that strokes it with the acne on his back. Then Mike Lynch. Excuse me, he looks really hot. On 1080 The Fan. Hey, bada, 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 bada. Hey, records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not a rental. I own that mom. Welcome into the Hot Corner for it must be a Wednesday back at 7 p.m. This is kind of nice, although I guilty as charged. I got used to the 8 o'clock and the extra hour in between. That was kind of nice. But alas, here we are. Sands Mike Lynch tonight for he's sick. Apparently, rumor has it he's sick. I don't know if the man is actually sick. I have this theory that Mike, uh, I don't know, I imagine it was spoken about on primetime. I don't know what they said, but I have this theory that Mike is sick because he just had to hang out with family for multiple days, and now he wants to sit at home and play video games. (laughs) You know, I I didn't even think about that possibility. Um, But I feel like Mike plays enough video games as is with his regular schedule. So I don't think that's like, man, I should uh, give up making money to uh, play video games. The man's I mean, salary, though. That's what I'm saying is that, like, he already, he's got it all figured out. Yeah. He, he's got a, the formula down. So, I mean, I think he really is sick because if he wasn't, then he would just be going about business. He's got his gaming time from 7 a.m. to noon that he probably does after, five hours straight. After his walk, of course. <laughs> yeah, the 6 a.m. walk, yes. Oh, my so, God. If I wake up at 6 a.m., the only walk I'm doing is from bed to the toilet to bed. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I've always given Mike crap like, dude, you do not have to come into work until noon. Why are you waking up so damn early in the day? He's like, well, you know, I wake up with the wife and then I, you know, make some breakfast and then you game for four hours. No, no, I do this. And I'm like, "Eh, you game for four hours. Yeah. For me, I, if I had to be, let's say I had a 3 p.m. show. I would totally pull the Isaac and Souk move and show up at like 2.30. If you hosted. If I hosted. Yeah, I mean, I understand Mike. Like, you know, I've I filled in for Mike today. I've filled in for him many times. He has other responsibilities, but as far as the duties for primetime goes, yeah, you don't need to be here until like 2 yeah. as a producer. Him, he's got other stuff going on. He basically produces, runs like 20 different shows on this station. So he's probably doing some other things, cracking some other schools. But, uh, yeah, yeah. 
if he had just had to do primetime production stuff, 132, he would be fine. That all sounds made up to me. <laughs> I don't think I don't think we have 20 shows on this station. Well, you know what I mean, Patrick. Well, no, no. I, well, yeah, but no. <laughs> I don't want to let the man off the hook that easily. It's all you guys. Even John on the phone. I mean, my or uh, Rob and Suk are a little suspect. Like, give the guy a break here. Hardest working man at 1080. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Probably had some bad latkes back home, and I had to. Uh, we had an interview for a podcast, "Beers on Us" with Mike Lynch and Patrick Karras. Drops every Thursday at four. Hello, hello, yeah, uh, Greg. We uh, we had a guest that we had to record an interview with on Tuesday. And I had to do it myself. Uh, so I'm in production room three, also known as Prod 3, here at this lovable intercom station on the Willametta. Really pulling back the curtains really over here. Really pulling back the curtains here. And I had to sit down and I recorded. It was this very nice woman named Chris Crabb for the Holiday Ale Festival. And uh, I have no idea if that's saved or not. <laughs> I saw things moving on the screen and I thought to myself, I think this is working. I'm really excited. Uh, it, when I click save as in a folder, it, uh, did a little, you know, like thing, thingamajig on the screen. It looks all right. It looked like it was saving. Even she was like, well, it's doing something. Uh, <laughs> and then Mike asked me, did you play it back to see if it worked? And I said, well, I don't know how to do that. I guess so, no. this place, I mean, without Mike, we don't know what the hell's going on over here. Yeah, I could have asked swag. He was in the building, but, uh, I didn't have four hours. Yeah, he would have blown you off though. So I didn't. So I didn't ask Swag. Yeah, second hardest working man at 1080. <laughs> what if we should put him and Swag, Mike and Swag, in like a fight to the death? Loser gets more responsibility. A production death match. That's <laughs> riveting radio. Loser, How quick can you get this audio? Loser gets more work. <laughs> Winner does nothing. No, that could be cool. Yeah, that would incentivize the both of them. Old man strength versus uh, awkward big man Mike. <laughs> it could it could happen. I put my money on Mike only because halfway through, if he was losing, I'd run down the aisle to some awesome entrance music and hit swag with a chair. I mean, I got to <laughs> stick up from a boy here. Well, and you see those calves on Mike. All he's got to do is get a leg, um, like a headlock with those calves of his yeah he's ripping swag's head off clean off the neck he could do that definitely do that. hi he's, joe dude what's up not a whole lot man did um i don't we did a show last week didn't we no idea i can't remember yeah no clue what, what, no no we didn't no we didn't that's right because it was turkey day yeah and um was it i think that was the final final no they didn't even do a coach's show no, they didn't. So we're we're kind of getting back into the normal uh, swing of things for the hot corner back to seven to nine. Um, obviously, no Mike, but yeah, you know, I haven't seen you in like three weeks, bud. Yeah, man, it's good to see you. Um, it's kind of nice that we're now back at seven. I've got something to look forward to because, uh, uh, yeah, let's just say I'm trying to move on from last weekend. Just trying to. You know, Patrick. Push things forward, and I know I already know what you're talking about. Think you, about the future. You had some disparaging up, comments about my alma mater uh, when your alma mater beat them. Yeah. And I'm going to take the high road and just say that Cougs had a great season. Yeah, yeah. Rumor on the street is Fiesta Bowl, baby. That's the rumor. Still sponsored by Tostitos? Sure. Or Vizio? Or I whatever. don't care. Fiesta Bowl is one of the. If you can go to a bowl that's not 
that's one of those normal like uh, college football playoff bowls. Even though it's not one this year, I still feel like that's a win. I feel like, like Oklahoma f- go to the Sugar Bowl, like that's a win. I feel like the Fiesta Bowl out of all these like New Year's Six Bowls, mm-hmm. and don't think I'm just saying this because Wazoo might end up going there, but I feel like that's the Patsy Bowl almost. Like let's have a really good team in here and then throw in like our Boise State. Oh yeah, it's gonna or be Wazoo. Fresno State, it's gonna be so Wazoo UCF. It doesn't have the lure of a Rose Bowl, a Cotton Bowl, nope. any of those, an Orange Bowl. And because I think the Fiesta Bowl has really only been around since the BCS era anyways. Agreed. So. I will say this. One thing that I'm really glad uh, about and why I'm really excited if we do go to the Fiesta Bowl is I saw on Instagram, it was like, for the first time ever in school history, we're going to go to a bowl game for four years in a row. And it showed Sun Bowl and then the Holiday Bowl and then the Holiday Bowl and then a question mark. And I looked at it and I was like, if we go to the Holiday Bowl again, they should just rename it to, oh, you just lost to the Huskies Bowl. Because <laughs> that's what that would be. Last two years, that's what it's turned into. That's what that would be. Well, I'm done. I'm depressed. So I'm done with that. Oakley Doakley. Well, we do got a pretty decent show for you guys today. Sans Mike, there is some news that did break today about the Portland Diamond Project and the future of Portland baseball. We'll get into that first. Also, we got uh, story time with Uncle Patrick at 745. Fair or foul at 8.30. Want to get into the James Paxton deal because we didn't get to do it with Big John because it happened after that and we didn't have a show last week. So I do want to touch a little bit on that and maybe get into some Atlanta Braves already starting to make some early moves. Well, we'll hey, some Robbie Cano news as well. Yeah. Maybe there's been some whispers around there. Maybe mm-hmm. just a lot of Mariners talk. Maybe just Shocker. a lot of Mariners today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those guys are uh, they're going to be uh, they're going to be a fun story this offseason. <laughs> yeah. So we've got that for you. You can find us on social media. Fantastic producer Joe Fisher, Joe Fish F Joe Fish three F I S C H. You can find him on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at p diddy zero eight five. You can also text in on the Better You Today text line five five three zero five. That bad boy lets you interact with us throughout the entire show. When we come back, Portland Diamond Project ready to make an announcement, and I think it's an announcement we are all assuming is going to happen. We'll do that next. This is Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Seven eighteen here on The Fan. This is the Hot Corner. We do this bad boy every single Wednesday. Blazers off to a quick uh, pause, 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 pause. 12-10 lead uh, over the Orlando Magic. Yusuf Nurkic is playing in the game, so that's a positive, right? Right? I guess so. He's good. He's big. If I were that big, I'd get 35 rebounds a game. But that's just me, and I don't play in today's NBA. I guess that's a topic for another conversation. Uh, some interesting stuff that's come out today. Uh, the uh, the Oregonian on OregonLive.com uh, put out an article today basically letting us know that, uh, once again, an announcement's going to be made soon. I believe they told us a month ago that an announcement was going to be made soon, and now they're telling us again that an announcement was going to be made soon. I wonder if they were telling us that in four weeks, we'll make an announcement about making an announcement. I feel like this is teetering on uh, the same style as the U.S. men's national team trying to hire a coach. 
which they did today, which I'm surprised they did today. I thought they might have to wait till after the MLS Cup because you're not trying to steal headlines. Uh, but this is long overdue. Um, I have I have a source decently close to me. Look at me, a big-time journalist here. Uh, I, I ran into a friend uh, who told me that uh, this is almost all but a go. Uh, for those of you that haven't heard, there are multiple options on the table for a site to build a stadium to bring a Major League Baseball team to Portland. There are things that have been floated around. Northwest Quadrant, Terminal 2, uh, Portland Public School building, right by the Rose Garden. I've heard things like out in, I've heard things like Woodlawn. I've heard things like Milwaukee. I've heard Oregon City. I've heard all these kind of stuff. But it seems like everything's pointing to the Terminal 2 site, which is a marine cargo terminal in Northwest Portland kind of off Vaughn, and if that's where it's going to be, I don't know why we have to have all these cloak and daggers. I'm sure it's because of legalities and things like that, non-disclosure agreements, blah, 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 blah. But uh, it sounds like this is actually something that is coming to fruition, and I'm just, I'm actually more excited to see what, uh, if they have renderings. Uh, with the Oakland A's putting out uh their design for a new stadium today uh, kind of got me all hot and bothered because I don't know if you guys have seen it. You can look it up online. That stadium looks super cool. If they make that, that might be the coolest stadium in baseball, sans, you know, the the, the classics. Uh, so I'm really curious. If they do announce a site that they have locked down, I'd be really interest, more interested in what the stadium looks like. You and me both and many other people. Um, yeah, I think at this point, um, it's pretty locked in where it's going to be. Just waiting for the announcement. But, man, I I just feel, um, I don't know what the right word is, but if we wouldn't have gotten so, and when I say we, Portland baseball mm. fans, wanting to see MLB in Portland, if we didn't get so up in arms about wanting to know more details and getting basically so excited about it, then it wouldn't become this big old charade of like, oh, well, four to six weeks. We'll give you these announcements and, okay, hold on. Well, well, we're working through stuff. Like, it's kind of like a catch-22. It's like, well, if we didn't care as much, then this probably wouldn't happen, and it would just go by the wayside, and no one would care, and announcements would happen, and then who knows if we'd even have enough support for an MLB team. But because we care so much that we're wanting to get all these news updates and wanting to know all the time, and because now we're here in November – and we're finally getting the stadium plans. And I say finally because we've all just been like, oh, when's it going to happen, man? Hey, they said four to six weeks back in August. Well, it's four. To, well, they said it back then. So because of how supportive everyone is, they've been waiting to hear this announcement and waiting to see what the final ballpark looks like. And that's tomorrow. I mean, that's what a, a lot of people are standing by. Like the big announcement is tomorrow de facto for sure. And if that's it, it's like, hey, we have finally reached that point well i i think the weirdest thing for me what i don't what i don't quite understand about about the whole charade as you were saying is why why have they continued to tease us on this if you look at if you look at like the financials about it there's clearly this hush hush group that we're you know we know a, a few people and and a couple celebrities that are a part of it uh but but they but they have reinforced to us that there is money provided from the city that was that was that were bonds from 2003 the last time we tried to do this 
So that's the and they have said that's the only public funding they're getting. So if they have all the money, I don't understand the reason for the hype train around it. You know, if they needed more public support, if they needed more public money, taxpaying money, then I would understand. Okay, hey guys, we got the you know down here baseballism. We got Russell Wilson and Sierra come down here and check it out, and Mike Barrett coming on all these shows and stuff. I can understand that to drum some hype, but if they got all the money, what are we waiting for? Why why are you just dangling the carrot? Yeah, that's what drives me nuts. Oh man, to be a fly in those meeting rooms. Yeah, I mean, do they even have meeting rooms? Oh yes. Is it just some dude that's like, yeah, we're gonna do this? They meet at you know like Stumptown Roasters or something like that. <laughs> no. In a surprise Very- move, Burgerville has bought a new Portland baseball team. There you go. I'm down. Burgerville, plenty of baseball games. Oh, man, if we get Burgerville baseball stadiums, that'd be awesome. Uh, but anyway, I think I think this is long overdue. I think we're really excited about this. It's like the excitement is a gift and a curse because you can tell that the Diamond Project, they kind of let these, I feel they don't want to let people down and disappointed and just like, you, like we've been doing, kind of twiddling our thumbs waiting. So mm-hmm. they give you these updates to be like, hey, no, we're doing this, we're doing this, just to kind of not disappoint people, let people know that the wheels are still turning and still working. And believe it or not, we're, I mean, we're finally here. How long? I mean, it's been the whole summer, basically all the spring. And now we've finally got to that point where tomorrow is supposed to be the day where we get that that announcement of the location, stadium plans, and has, hasn't everyone said that's the first step into legitimizing all this? Yeah, I mean, I think what I read today when looking at the new Oakland renderings, uh, I think the biggest hiccup that everyone's saying is like, yeah, the stadium looks cool, but you don't really own the site. So, like, this is awesome, but you don't really have enough ground to stand your feet on. So I think this this is more exciting. I mean, I I almost kind of wonder, and I'll ask you this question, Joe, like, do you, and I'll ask it to you guys out there, better you today, text line 55305, does it matter to you where the stadium is? Or are we at a point where it's just, don't care, just give it to me and tell me, show um, me. I'm at the point where it's don't care. <laughs> it's funny, like the snobby Portland side of me is like, Terminal 2, that's too far away. I don't like that. But yeah, I think at this point, everyone's like, dude, just give me the location, what the stadium's going to look like. I'm ready to go. Let's get this ball rolling here. And I think that's what it, I'm at now, too. At first, I was like, God, Terminal 2, that's like halfway to freaking St. Helens and Scapoose. I don't want to go up there. It's not that far. <laughs> it's not like it's on the other side of the St. John's Bridge. If you're still on this side of the St. John's Bridge, then you're still in Portland. So, yeah, and that's where I'm, like, being a little, have my nose turned up, like, oh, I don't want to drive all the way out there. Well, as- But now I'm like, all right. Let's get this stadium built so I can drive out there. Well, I am total in classic <laughs> full hipster uh, notion here. Uh, I don't like the Terminal 2 spot. I mean, I don't. I hate it. I mean, I think everyone prefers other options. I wanted the Portland Public School. That's I what I too. wanted. Yeah, I, would, that, I wanted that first and then Zadell Yards right over here. Um, but I think at this point, having the announcement tomorrow and then it's official and everything like this is where it's at. This is stadium. I think people will just be so happy and excited that, hey, we finally got it on paper and it's finally released and people know and this is what it is that the location won't matter as much. I'm just excited for people to stop asking me if I know anything. 
I'm like, I don't know anything. That's like, a, they're like, yeah, but you host a baseball show. And I'm like, yeah, man, you realize like I'm bottom of the totem pole here. That's a privilege. That's where you're supposed to like BS with folks. Like I've been hearing some things. Yeah, and then they're like, yeah. well, what? I mean, like just a couple things here and there. Yeah, you know? I, I, I heard that terminal two is pretty much locked down, but I only heard that because I know somebody in that would know about this, <laughs> not because I work here, but because of my other job, right? Which just happens to be in proximity to this person, in slab town area, right? Or, 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 I, I, I don't know, protect source here. Oh uh, my god, <laughs> that may know a lot that just kind of spilled some beans when they probably shouldn't have. And I was like, awesome, I work for a sports radio show, and I'm only learning this because of the brewery I work for. <laughs> <Right>. Awesome, <laughs> we really got the inside track on this stuff. Yeah, over we're here. really killing it. Uh, so that's what it sounds like. It sounds like, uh, according to Joe, announcement might be made tomorrow, and it sounds like terminal two down. Uh, uh, in Northwest on the river, which I think is something we all yeah. wanted. And like I said, some people are dying on this hill that it's like, dude, tomorrow announcement for sure. All right. Must be the Twitter verse, Twitter verse, the dirt and Sprague verse. Ooh, no. I've seen a, uh, not just them. I feel like I've seen a couple of tweets or mentions out there that tomorrow an announcement is expected to be made. Cool. So we'll keep an eye on that. When we come back, I think it'll be interesting. We kind of touched on this earlier. Let's, uh, Let's have some fun. I think with Oakland announcing their new stadium today and how cool that looks, uh, let's have some fun, Joe, and let's start thinking about what would we want in our stadium. And I say ours because it's going to be ours. We're going to be there all day, every day. We'll do that next. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. But first, here's Joe with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. A quick check-in on the Blazers as the first quarter ends. 33-27, Blazers up. Uh, I just saw my boy Zach Collins draining buckets. I like that Zach Collins kid, but I'm probably super biased. Uh, tomorrow drops a uh, new Beers on Us par- podcast. I feel with Mike Knight here, I have to uh, shamelessly plug this podcast that we do around here. It's called Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. You can check it out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Radio.com. You can also find it at 1080thefan.com as well. Uh, Mike tweets it out on his Twitter feed, Mike Lynch 27 You can find it on my Instagram page, PDD085. It's just a weekly look into the beer world, and we talk about stuff. This week should be pretty fun. We interviewed um, uh, this woman from the uh, Winter Ale, the Holiday Ale Fest that takes place at, at uh, Pioneer Courthouse Square every year. And uh, we're talking winter beers this week. It should be fun. It's a cool little ditty. Got uh, Beer of the Week as well. Uh, so it's cool. Rate, subscribe, tell us. Uh, Tell us if you like it. If you hate it, uh, give us a give us a good reason why you hate it. Uh, so I got this kind of fun idea to kind of think about. Uh, I mostly got this idea just because the Oakland A's came out with their stadium rendering today, and it's super cool. It's really really cool. The entire center field is basically nothing, and I think it's supposed to look out into the city onto the bay. And it looks really rad. And it just kind of got me thinking, like, what what would be fun for, for our stadium? I mean, first off, there'll probably be some salt and straw ice cream. Well, a team to fill the stadium. Ooh, that would be nice, too. That's, you know, probably number one priority. That's probably number one. But salt and straw is right up there, too. Yeah. Guac taco. Ooh. 
I know that's more of a Moda Center thing, but yeah, I'm always down for it. I wonder what it'd be like. Can we get like some super good food and some super good beer? I feel like this is just going to turn into a segment where we just list off a bunch of like Portland food carts and some Pine State biscuits, <laughs> some Matt's barbecue. Can we get some Matt's barbecue in the stadium? Lardo or something. That would rock my world. Oh, Lardo sandwiches would almost for sure be in that. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I, I'm I'm mostly curious, like, who's the beer sponsor? Does Widmer just jump on it because they do everything? Um, I mean, you could definitely see Widmer. What I want to see is a tap house located inside the stadium. Yes. Like with, a bar and everything? Yeah, you might as well make it a bar. People yeah. are going to want to hit the liquor maybe after some games or before. Um, But, yeah, have, like, something like the largest changing tap room at a stadium. I don't know. Word it so it makes it seem like a really big deal and that no one else does it in the world. Yeah. You know, have the most kegs on whatever. I don't know. Like, like kind of like a Henry's Tavern sort of thing, but in the stadium. Sure. Sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Just have like a billion beers on tap, whether they go old or not. Doesn't matter. Just say, just so you could say <laughs> well, it does matter. <laughs> just so you could say like, hey, we have this beer. And then if people want it, hell, we got it. It'd be super cool. I'd be interested, you know, Portland's a pretty big family town. I'd be interested to see what they would do with, you know, parents and the kiddos. Well, I mean, a baseball game in general is probably the most family-friendly sporting event you could go to. Yeah. Uh, You go to an NFL game, your child is probably hearing things that they've never heard in their life and Mm -hmm. seeing things that they've never seen. It is kind of funny that when you think about going to an NFL game, it's just expletive, expletive, expletive. (laughs) And in baseball, it's like, you bum! Yeah. It really you suck. It really is. It's a, it's a PG version of an NFL game. It is kind of true. I don't. I, I. I mean, even me, who is notorious for yelling derogatory things, especially at officials, I don't know if I've ever sworn out loud at a baseball game. And NBA games are are fun. They're family friendly, I would say. But there's always that awkward time at the Blazers game that you're there with your family. And here come your blazer dancers. And then they just start popping and just twerking like, on the court. And you're bam. like, wow. Some uh, like Gambino or some Drake up like, in the house. Excuse me. I need to run to the restroom real quick. Yeah. And you see some dude with his like five-year-old daughter who's like emulating. You're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You're no. like, what the hell? I was just trying to have <laughs> a nice house with the family. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I always find that like one of the more awkward moments. at Blazer. Hey, I'll, I enjoy the blazer dancers. Mm. I always will. Oh, I'm always going to enjoy it. But it's it. always just kind of like the like looking around at everyone yeah you're like is it okay do uh, i look weird yeah like i'm just sitting and staring what else am i supposed to do i guess i'll look at my phone hey no i'm not taking pictures quit judging trying to watch the entertainment here so i I mean only watch what they give me i and not only is a baseball game one of the more family friendly if not the most family friendly sporting experience i think it is the best sporting live sporting experience that there is personally yeah, there's two things. One, I just hope this stadium is under 30,000 people. Under 30,000? Yep. I think that is the smartest move to make. Uh, design it with 30,000 30, or less with the ability to expand if needed. Um, I think this is something the Timbers succeeded massively on with Providence Park. At the time, it was PGE uh, in that that is a hot ticket in town. And the games sell out, even even in years or spurts of the season when we're not very good, not playing well. The games still sell out. The last thing I want to see 
is a 55,000-person stadium in downtown Seattle empty on a Friday night. Downtown Portland. No, I'm using Safeco as an example. <laughs> oh, man. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. Yeah. And and I don't think it's because people don't love the Mariners. I don't think it's because there's better things to do in Seattle. I don't buy that unless you're in New Orleans or Miami or I guess I'll give it to L.A. But I want to see a stadium that on Friday night is kind of like a faux full. Like it's full. It's like, oh, we sell out every single game. It's like, yeah, you only put 28,500 people in it. Don't care. I would love that. The aesthetics are huge. It's big. Well, dude, I, I I don't know about you. I feel like this is just the mentality of Portland residents. Give us something else to do. Yeah. Give us something else that we can go do in the summertime. I mean, besides, I mean, what, the ba- mountains and oceans and exactly. winters and rivers Basically, and stars aren't good enough for you. Well, I mean, at least in Portland, you know, yeah. it's like people oh, are in like in the city. Yeah. yeah. In the city, you know. Residents of Portland, summertime, yeah, they might kick in Portland, but they're going to the beach yeah. or they're going to other states. You know, have something that might want to keep people in town. Say like, oh, I know, big big homestand coming up this weekend. Yeah. Can't, can't go anywhere. Rockies are in town. Arenado's fighting for an MVP bid. I, I know it just sounds ridiculous saying it, but I mean, dude, I mean, this is where it all begins. In 20 years, you have diehards, and it's like, yeah. oh, no, I'm going and catching the games this weekend. Yankees are going to be in town. Well, I hear, yeah, I hear you because, you know, if you stay in town. People come to the town to go see their team also. Yeah, if you stay in town on a Friday, Saturday night and you want to go out, here are your options. Go see a play or a show or get drunk on fill in the neighborhood street. Correct. We're going to Mississippi tonight. What are you doing tomorrow? Oh, tomorrow we're going to Hawthorne to get drunk. But next week we're going on division. And we'll go to twenty third. Next week we're going twenty third, and you're just like, oh, so you just get drunk at different <laughs> neighborhoods in town, yeah, and you spend too much money on Lyft. Got it, got it, got it. Exactly. So yeah, going to a baseball game would be absolutely phenomenal. It just adds variety to it, man. I went to a couple Winterhawk games last year, and it was like the first time I went in 10, 15 years. And Winterhawk games are fun. Yeah, super but I, fun. But I do realize that it's amateur hockey. It's junior mm-hmm. hockey. Mm-hmm. And so it's not something I'm dying to go see. I mean, if we had an NHL team here in Portland, you bet your sweet ass I'd be trying to get there a lot more often than the Winterhawks. So you give me a professional baseball team in the summer when there isn't usually Blazers basketball going on because they're eliminated by the first round anyways. (laughs) Then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's sports. That's something that I'll be able to go do and maybe make a plan around. Baseball is like an everyday thing, too. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. Uh, Doesn't matter. I uh I will most likely go in with some peeps and buy some season tickets. I'll probably make it to about forty games a year, I can imagine. Plus playoffs, duh. Uh my question is, is if I make it to forty games, over under, what's the over under on how many uh nine inning challenges I attempt? <laughs> like two. You think I only attempt to? You well, you try it the first time and you're like, "Wow, that was really hard." And you're yeah. like, and then you go back a second time and you're like, "You know what? I think I could do it." The I thought about time. it. I figured out how to space it out. I can yeah. totally do this. Yeah, strategize, and then you try and tackle again. You're like, "This was a mistake." I still want to do it. I want to do it so bad. God, that is no. That's just too many hot dogs. 
you think it's too many hot dogs? Yeah, that and not it's not like good hot dogs. Like that is yeah. stadium floating in water for four hours. Hot I, dogs. I think what worries me is you get to the seventh inning and I have to go buy three beers. I'm yeah, worried about see, how warm that beer is going to be come the ninth inning. Uh, yeah, that's just asking for so much trouble. Well, that's why it should be or a place. fun. That's why it should be his location should be by the Max Station. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Or build the max to the new stadium. They have to do something like that. Anyway, well, we can talk about that. We got years and years and years to get to that. When we come back, story time with Uncle Patrick. We'll do that next on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. It's time to take a trip down memory lane. This is story time with Uncle Patrick. A look back on some of the most unusual events around America's pastime. In the bottom of the tenth, when Bill Mazeroski slammed the four-bagger to end the game and the series with victory for the Pirates. Beat revenge. A Cinderella story of baseball, and the hometown fans went berserk with joy. And forgotten stories from the major leagues. And that's the story of Mike Matheny and the bird pool. Gather round, folks. It's story time with Uncle Patrick on 1080 The Fan. So I do have to preface with this for a minute about this this week's story time. And I will try not to do this. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I... You know, late at night, lying in bed, I go down a bunch of rabbit holes on the history of baseball and stuff like that. And I try not to piggyback too much on anything new or current in the news. But I did. ESPN 30 for 30 has a podcast series out now about different stuff. And they talked there. There's a really great one about Jose Canseco and what it took to write the book Juiced. It wasn't about, like, him doing steroids and other people doing steroids. just kind of about how the book came to fruition and its reaction. And then I read, I watched, listened to one on uh, Chris Moneymaker and the 2003 World Series of Poker and a couple other ones. But I was, I was traveling home from Pullman uh, on Saturday, and I listened to this one that just was riveting. And I, and I kind of want to share the, the layman's tale to you guys. Uh, and I think it makes sense because now we're in free agency and trades and stuff like that going down. But it was it was about the story of Hideo Nomo and how Hideo Nomo got to Major League Baseball. And this story is so wild. And I wanted to kind of like, you know, the, these guys that did this podcast did a ton of research and stuff. And I wanted to get... I wanted not to like double check their sources, but I was interested to see like, what did Wikipedia say about this? And there is literally a paragraph and a small blurb about Hideo Nomo's travels to get from Japan to the major leagues. He become in 1995 in his uh, debut in major league baseball, he becomes you know, one of the first, I think, I guess, technically the second, but kind of the first Japanese-born Major League player. And in Japan, they basically had the same rules we did in the early 70s and before. That basically a team owned your contract for life. And there were two people in America that decided to try to find a way to get Hideo Nomo to America. So they're studying the players' contracts, the unions, the teams, all this legislature, 
rules within within the league in Japan, and they figured out they found the loophole. And this is so crazy. The loophole to get Hideo Nomo into America was that the only way you could get out of your contract in Japan was to be cleared for voluntary retirement, which meant it wasn't voluntary on you, the player's part. It was voluntary on the team's part, basically letting you retire. And these teams would never do that because why would I just let you retire and be a free agent? But Hideo Nomo, with the help of his stepfather, who became his agent, which the Japanese culture despised him for because there was, you know, how dare you? Why do you need an agent? This isn't about money. This is about doing things for your country. He basically went into negotiations and said, I want a six-year deal for $30 million. And the owner of the team was like, no, no way whatsoever. And he just kept pressing and said, this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want. And if and if you don't want that, then I'm not going to play. And apparently it angered the owner so much that he gave him the okay in the voluntary retirement, not realizing that Hideo Nomo was playing everyone. So he got out of that contract, signed with the Dodgers, comes over and becomes crazy. I thought I just I just thought this story was super cool. I highly highly recommend listening to this podcast. I'm sorry if I ruined anything. By the way, he did throw two no-nos. Um but I highly highly recommend listening to this podcast. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. It's ESPN's 30 for 30. Um I don't know if I've ever heard outside of Yasiel Puig on a raft. I don't know if I've ever really heard a crazier more logistic non-life-threatening like this is not life-threatening as as compared to like Puig's getting to America or to Mexico and then to America but it was such an interesting situation and there's so much culture involved as well like how dare you do this and everyone in Japan thought he was going to fail and then the second he started being good everyone was like well of course we knew he'd be good he's Deo Nomo blah 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 I, I just, I, I cannot say enough to go listen to this. Did you ever hear anything like that, Joe, about Hideo Nomo? I did not, no. I just always knew him for his weird wind-up. Right, and they called him the tornado. Everything I ever knew about Hideo Nomo was like he had to get out of his contract in Japan, and of course he did, and he signed with the Dodgers. It is way crazier than that. It is insane. Why do Japanese players always have crazy backstories? I think it's because it's part of the culture over there that it's like, how? why would you leave Japan? How dare you? You're turning your back on your country. Like, it's such an old school, traditional way of life that I think they held that over his head. And he basically paved the way for the Masahiro Tanaka's and the Ichiro Suzuki's and the Hideki Matsui's of the world to, to get over to America. Because there were Koreans that were over. The Japanese were not. Because they were afraid that every great Japanese player would just leave Japan and go to America. Which kind of happens, but I would argue it doesn't happen. Not all of them. Not all of them. Some of them really like playing in Japan because they still have that old traditional feel to them of like, this is my country, this is where I play, I make a good enough amount of money, and I'm a god over here. I don't know. No, yeah, I mean... I thought it was really cool. You can't blame them. They were somewhat right. I mean, you got the biggest names in Japanese baseball. They come over every one, two, three years, you know. But 
for, I mean, as many that could come over and play baseball in the MLB. I'm sure there's probably plenty of uh, MLB potential players in Japan that do stay put. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like, who's that one dude that just rakes home runs all the time? I forget oh, what yeah. team he's on. Damn it. I know. Of course. I didn't look that up either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Well, I mean, look how long Ichiro was in Japan before he came to America. Right. Yeah. I mean, he might have still had to deal with the same stuff because Hideo Nomo gets out of that in 94, debuts in 95. You know, Ichiro's only six years later. That loophole, though, is pretty wild. Well, I never would have gotten the name right. Sadaharu O. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, no. He he's the all-time home run hitter. Yeah, 868 home yeah, runs. Yeah, but he he's he's a while ago. Right. That's who I was thinking of though. Yeah, he's the Hank Aaron over there. Yeah. Anyway, it's crazy. I highly recommend it. They also have another great one on uh uh Ricky Henderson in his last season playing baseball for the San Diego Surf Dogs in the the Golden League in in California. Uh, I highly, I just, I just thought it was really cool. Want to share with you guys. I'll try to come back with something better next week, something a little more original. But that's that. When we come back, uh, I think the only way to go is that that team that uh, is the closest thing we have to a local team until maybe we hear something tomorrow. A uh, lot of stuff going down in Seattle. We'll get to that next. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan.